Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Thank you. Wow. I cannot believe how much our church is doing, not only globally, but even in our own midst. I just want to give a really big shout out to our generational ministries. You know, every week I'm seeing, you know, our youth and young adults here on the front row. And I just want to really give out a shout out to our ministry leaders in eKids, Fusion and EYA for investing into our kids. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, so today we're in the last week of our finance series, Beyond the Numbers. And today I'm feeling so honoured and very humble to be here to bring the word. Thank you, Pastor John. Thank you, Pastor Lois, Pastor Jason, Pastor Alyssa for trusting me. Um, today, if you don't know me, there's something that I want you to know, and that is I love numbers. Is there anyone else here that loves numbers? Oh, good. I've got my people here. Yay. So I started to develop a love for numbers, watching my parents run businesses. And then from there, I ran a bookkeeping business for 14 years where I helped business owners manage their finances. And then what started to happen is I found that people that I knew, friends, family, would come to me so that I could help them set up their personal budgets. And so over time, my husband Bill and I, we just help different people for various reasons. Um, they could come to us because their finances are in a mess, or they could come to us because money's just slipping through their fingers, or they just want to achieve their financial goals just in a faster way. And when we meet with people, um, what they talk about firstly is their financial goals, and they express their financial frustrations. And then from there, they share all of their financial information, their income, their spending, their loans and their assets. And that's a really vulnerable process. And as unthinkable as it can be for some, what we find is that once they get past that feeling of being uncomfortable, some of them come up to us and say, I wish I did this earlier. And there are others that say you know what, they give it a go and then they're like, no, I'm going to go back to the old because they just can't change their spending habits. So I started to think about recently, why is it that certain people take the budget, push through with it, thrive in their finances, and then you've got others that try it for a little bit and they just can't change their spending habits. They can't change the way they think about money. And then I realised that the budget is simply a tool. And the tool is only effective if they want to change the way they see money and the way they spend. So it's easy to say, I want to pay off my home in 10 years. It's easy to say, I want to eliminate credit card debt. It's easy to say, I want to save for a deposit. It's easy to say, I want to stop living from paycheck to paycheck. 
It's easy to have goals, right? We all have goals. Is that right? But often our mindset, our habits, and the way we use money doesn't line up with our goals and our timelines. Would you agree? People would come to us wanting their finances to change, but they didn't want to change their spending habits. They didn't want to think differently. They didn't want to live differently from what they did before. Have you ever found yourself there? You know that you need to change something, but you just can't do it. Yeah? I'm noticing more and more as we seek to help people that the reality is the way we think and the way we use money is really difficult to change. It's often ingrained into us. It's ingrained into us from the time that we were growing up, from our parents, from our family, even our culture and our community. The thing is, what we, when we come to accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, the truth is that we're being changed spiritually into a new man. But that doesn't mean that our mindset is instantly reprogrammed to think like Jesus in every area of our life. Our salvation is only the beginning of a lifelong journey to renew our minds, to change our mindset from the old way, the old way, the way we used to think, to the new way, the thinking the way God's kingdom. Now, as believers, we're called to renew our minds, to think the kingdom way of spending and thinking about money, to learn and to set aside our old way that was ingrained into us. And as you can imagine, this creates a wrestle deep inside us between the old way, our old self, and the new kingdom we've become a part of. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The scripture says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first what? Put God's ways first. Unlearning the ways of our former self. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message and what I want to talk about is the wrestle between two kingdoms. The wrestle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of self. No matter how long you have been a Christian, there's a wrestle between the old self, the kingdom of self, and the kingdom of God. The focus of the kingdom of God is all about trusting God fully. It's about generosity. It's about generational blessing. It's about freedom. It's about living beyond just our wants and our needs. Its main purpose is to serve God and others. Whereas the kingdom of self is about trusting in self and money to take care of us. Money is the focus of our security and it keeps us focused on what I want, what I need and what I can do. 
So let's talk about it. The mindset shift. The nature of the wrestle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of self. Number one, the Bible says that the wrestle between, that we have a wrestle between the love of God and the love of money. Do we love God or do we love money? Some of you may be sitting here thinking, of course I love God and not money. I go to church, I pray, I read my Bible, but we all find ourselves getting consumed with purchases, thinking that it's going to make us happy. We get super stressed and overwhelmed when unexpected bills turn up. True? We struggle to tithe because we look at the amount and it looks too big. Buying things we don't need and we can't afford. Delaying our retirement because we don't want to give up the security of earning an income. Shopping and buying things have become recreational to pass time or to make us feel good. A love and a trust in money looks different for all of us. But the Bible does say it's a wrestle. Let's read what Jesus himself says from Matthew 6.19 to 21 and 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In other words, pay attention to what you love. What is constantly on your mind all the time? Because you know what it reveals? It reveals what we love. Everything we do with money, every decision, every action, every choice comes from deep within our hearts. Every choice shows that we have an allegiance with one of these kingdoms, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of self. Here on this earth, the wrestle between our love for God and the love for money is pulling on us daily. We are consistently, consistently lured in by marketing. They're trying to sell us this image that if we buy their service and product, we're going to be happy. The kingdom of self makes us think that money will give us control over our happiness. It gives money too much power. And it leads to fear and anxiety. When we can't buy the things that we think is going to make us happy, have you noticed that? Have you noticed how fear and anxiety rises up? The kingdom of God leads to trust in God and it understands that money 
itself doesn't have any power and doesn't have any power to make us happy. Money is just simply a means of exchange. It's what we choose to do with it that has a lasting impact. It leads us to become more detached from things and content because we know that our happiness isn't connected. It's not caused by what we own and what we possess. You cannot love God and money. It's impossible. Loving and trusting God leads to freedom from fear. Who is sick of being fearful? I know I am. And it brings a rich contentment. Who wants to live in rich contentment? With what you have. Being content with where you're at right now. What you have is more than enough. Whereas the love for money always leaves you feeling unsatisfied. It leaves you feeling anxious. And it's always wanting more. It's always chasing more. So right now, have you found yourself lately getting stressed over consuming bills, compounding bills, and increased mortgage repayments or rent? Does that stress you out? Have you found that when you go to the supermarket and you're at the checkout, and you're watching the total increase, and you're looking at the stuff that you've purchased, and you're like, I haven't bought that much, but look how, look how high this bill is. Or do you find that you're getting snappy at your spouse because they're not stressed out about finances as much as you are? Do you feel frustrated? No matter how much you're cutting in spending, no matter how much you're earning, it just never seems to be enough. You're always behind. How we respond to financial pressures reveals our trust. We can't serve or or trust God and money because each is the complete opposite of the other. Let's compare. One just never has enough and the other is content. One is restless while the other makes you rest and have peace. One keeps your eyes on stuff and the other reminds you what is important. One says, it's all about me and the other says, it's beyond you. One holds tightly to the things of this earth while the other holds loosely. Maybe today you've found yourself fearful about money. Maybe you're spending more than you can afford. Maybe you're fixated on purchases all the time. You love God. But maybe today you can admit that the pull towards trusting money is strong. It's okay. It's a wrestle. Over and over we can find ourselves here. All of us. And what I love about our God is that he is so patient as we renew our minds away and ways according to his kingdom. We don't need to feel condemned. We don't have to feel guilty. We don't have to blame ourselves. But the question is, what can we do? 
to start taking steps to resist this pull. Maybe practically it means to not buy any non-essential items for 30 days and see what happens. Stop using your credit cards, afterpay. Not allowing ourselves to be controlled by our desires. To tithe and test God and see how he can make a way. When you're feeling stressed and you've, you can remind yourself that God is your source. Stop looking at the news. Stop reading articles. Stop checking your bank account every day. I'm sure there's some of you that check it probably three times a day. If it's serious, ask for help. Bring to light what it is that's causing you fear and what it is that's getting you stuck. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Loving money is a deception. It promises much, but it leaves us filled with fear and empty possessions. Loving God leads us to a path of rich abundance, freedom, and lasting impact. Isn't that what you want for your life? Isn't that what you want for your kid's life? Isn't it what you want for our community and beyond? Number one, you can't love God and money. Number two, we're going to now talk about the wrestle that exists between receiving, giving and receiving. This is another wrestle that affects everyone, regardless of your maturity in the faith. Over the last few years, Bill and I have been really eager to renovate our home. And initially, it just started off as we were just going to put in a new kitchen. But our ideas started getting bigger and bigger. And before we knew it, we were going to start renovating all these other areas in our home. And I had a wrestle going on within me, within my heart, because I couldn't work out how we were going to do it financially. And I had this fleeting thought cross my mind. You can always minimise your giving to do the entire renovation. Are you really sure that God told you to give that much? The renovation was totally consuming my mind. Bill and I couldn't decide on anything. That's another clue. Yeah? I started to convince myself it was more than a decade before we had done anything to our house. We had focused on raising our family, getting out of debt. We were faithful givers. We were diligent with our finances. Surely now was the time that I could get what I wanted. Is that reasonable? I asked so many people for their opinions. I did so much research. I was obsessed. And then God said to me, why is it that you are wanting to really do this renovation? And the truth is that when I was asking all these people, I was looking for confirmation 
that I was doing the right thing. And then when God asked me this question, I thought, oh, what is the real reason? And when I stopped, I hate to admit it, but the only reason I really wanted to do this renovation was just to impress others. And then God, in his gentle and kind way, said to me, do you remember what your goal was seven years ago? It was about giving. It was about being radically generous. And what I found during this season of us just talking about renovations was I was just focused on receiving. What was I going to get? And I forgot about the main focus. And the main focus was that I wanted to be radically generous and I wanted to be remember, remembered for my generosity. I wanted to be remembered that, you know, I was setting up the next generation. That was what was important to us. Have you ever found yourself here? In your heart, you want so much for yourself and your family. But you find it hard to give to God and others. Let's read what 1 Timothy 6.18 says to see how God says we should use our money. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. The kingdom of God gives us a much bigger picture. It's beyond us. It doesn't hold tightly to stuff and it never stops focusing focusing on others and giving. Whereas the kingdom of self keeps us small and it's all about what we can get. The wrestle is real. We have one kingdom that wants to give and we have the other one that wants to hold tightly because it's all about what we can consume, what we can receive. So what are some factors that cause us to struggle to give? For some of us, it can be that we find it hard to trust the financial stewardship of our church leaders. Maybe before coming to Encompass, You experienced a church that didn't diligently manage their finances. We hear it even in the media. And if that's been your experience, I am so sorry. As a business manager here at Encompass Church, I can confidently assure you that we do do the right thing here. We have a proven track record that we are transparent, that we are diligent in all of our financial affairs. But I do want you to understand one thing today, that ultimately it doesn't depend on trusting man, but it's about trusting God. I trust God. Repeat after me. I trust God. God is ultimately the one that is responsible for ensuring that kingdom finances are used for his ultimate purpose. And his ultimate purpose is about reaching people for Christ. And no one, absolutely no one can stop God from fulfilling his purpose. 
The next thing that we can struggle with in giving is about trusting in God's provision. When we give, the kingdom of God perspective says that we don't have to worry that if we give, we're not going to have enough for ourselves. You know why? Because in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. The way it works in the kingdom of God is that it doesn't depend on us. We're not the ones providing for ourselves. It's actually God providing everything with plenty left over to share with others. As a giver, have you found that you can't explain God's supernatural provision? Yeah, have you found that? Over and over, I see it, others share with me, that they cannot explain how they were able to pay for the things that they did. That's God's favour and that's God's generosity and that's God's provision. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 8, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need you will abound in every good work. The kingdom of self doesn't think, but it doesn't think past self. It makes us feel angry when we don't get our own way. Have you noticed that? You're not happy for people when they're being blessed and you're still waiting. The kingdom of God is always generous. It's all about generosity. God is saying there is heaps to go around to meet your needs and to meet the needs of others. Don't hoard. Don't hoard. Don't keep buying. Don't keep creating space for you just to put your stuff in. God says, I will keep providing. You know why? Because it keeps flowing through you. It keeps flowing through you. He provides when he can see that it goes past you and you're sharing it with others. The kingdom of self is always about what, it's always thinking of that we don't have enough. There are heaps of other people giving. Do I really have to give? It will hesitate to give generously because of worrying about that you're not going to have enough for yourself. But Paul assured us, He assured the Corinthians that God was able to meet their needs. Don't let a lack of faith stop you from giving generously, giving freely. God is providing. It doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on me. The kingdom of God is always making a way. Just like you are never ready to have a child... I was never ready to have one, let alone four and five. Never ready. I was never ready, and I'm sure you're never ready, to step outside your comfort zone. I was never ready to step, step on this platform, but I did. I just did it. And you just have to do it. That's all it takes. It just, you just got to do it. You've got to jump into the deep end. 
You know, I find it so interesting that people exhaust all options when they really want to buy something, when they really want to get something. Could you imagine having that same kind of attitude to give up something that you really want so that you can give, to give to God and give to others? Could you imagine what we could do through the church? Could you imagine how we can make God look so good to those outside in the world because of our generosity? If you have found yourself stuck in the receiving mindset like I, I was recently, missing out on the joy of giving, I encourage you, just start small. Don't wait for God to change your heart, but allow giving to change your heart. The act of giving supernaturally changes our heart. Work out a small amount to give above the tithe, start small and revisit it yearly. Be intentional. Budget to bless others. You know, 1 Timothy, remember, it said, be ready to share with others. That's what it means to be intentional. Be ready. Don't have an excuse, I don't have it, but be ready ahead of time. Repeat after me, as I give, God changes my heart. It's a mindset shift. God wants us to lead a bigger, a more fruitful and meaningful life of giving and sowing and investing into his kingdom. Can I invite the worship team to come up, please? In closing... We wrestle between two kingdoms, the kingdom of self, the old self, and the kingdom of God. We wrestle between the love for God and love for money. We wrestle between giving, being generous, and receiving, always wanting. Changing the way we think about money, it's not a quick fix. It's a matter of the heart today. Could we allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us, to show us ways in which we can change? I encourage you to take this moment to close your eyes and just allow yourself to block out everyone around you just so that the Holy Spirit can speak to us. Can you see the wrestle in your life? Is there a wrestle to trust God and not money? Is there a pull to focus on self and our money? Have you lost the joy of giving? today? Is it your desire to resist again the kingdom of self so that you can focus and serve on serving the kingdom of heaven? Today, God wants us to be free, content, experiencing abundance for all good works.
Let me pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're exposing the deception of the love of money. Lord, where there's people here that are feeling defeated and stuck because of their finances, I thank you, Lord, that they can take all of that worry, all of that anxiety and hand it over to you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I break the stronghold of the love of money. I thank you, Lord, that you are our provider. You are our source, that everything we need comes from you and that we have plenty left over to share with others. I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us, helping us with our trust, giving us the grace to trust you. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you, Lord, that you promise a life of freedom and we just have to step into it. Holy Spirit, would you show us ways in which we need to change the way we use and spend and think about money. Help us to advance the kingdom of God. Help us to serve your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. While every head is bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you've never heard about the kingdom of God before or been given an opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart and to choose to follow Him. Today, Jesus is calling you and inviting you to be a part of His kingdom. Maybe for you, money has been your God. You've been chasing success, achievements, possessions, but it's left you feeling empty, searching for another way, something that will fulfill, something that will release you from the shame and striving. God has an incredible plan for you. His intention was never to let you live a life where you felt discouraged, but to live a life of victory. And most importantly, that you would know Him, His grace and His love for you. Jesus died for you for every sin that would keep you away from Him every sin that would keep you living in shame and feeling not good enough. Today, if you've come to a place where you say, I've had enough of serving the kingdom of self. Today, I'm ready to acknowledge my way isn't working. And for the first time, I wanna choose Jesus to be my saviour. I need His forgiveness. If your heart is pounding right now, that is completely normal. You're about to make the best decision of your life. Would you raise your hand today if you would say you want that decision to follow Jesus? I won't embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for, just where you are. You have a Father in heaven that loves you so much. He's ready. Are you ready to enter His kingdom? Go ahead and raise your hands now. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Is there anyone else? I don't want anyone to miss out. Thank you, Father. That's awesome. Can I ask that as a family, we pray this prayer together for those that have raised their hands this morning. Lord Jesus, I've made a mess of my life. 
by not following your way. I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner in need of a Saviour. Would you come into my life and help me to resist wanting my own way? I believe that you are the Son of God and you have the power to transform me from the inside out. Today, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Yay. Let's give it up for those that have raised their hands. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.